Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Meat Lover's Pizza from Pizza Hut. With over one pound of meat and cheese, pepperoni, bacon, pork, beef, ham, and sausage. Man, that's a lot of meat. <clears throat> $12.99 for a limited time. No one out pizzas the hut. Extra charge for certain crusts. Availability, prices, and combinability of discounts vary. At Freedom Mortgage, freedom means helping veterans achieve their home financing goals. Whatever freedom means to you, Freedom Mortgage has custom loan options to meet your needs, making home financing a custom fit. That's freedom. Visit freedommortgage.com forward slash VA to learn more. Freedom Mortgage Corporation, MLS number 2767, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org, 951 Yamato Road, Boca Raton, Florida, 33431, 800-220-3333. Licensed in all 50 states. For complete licensing information, visit www.freedommortgage.com forward slash state dash licensing. Equal housing opportunity. What's up, everybody? It's your boy B. Scott with the Philadelphia Eagles. I just want to thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating. Fly, Eagles, fly. Thanks for tuning in to Eagles Brawl of the Brawl Network. However, you are listening to iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or whatever podcast platform you listen to, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, Connor Miles here with my co-host, Johnny Page. We have an emergency pod that we had to record because the Eagles have brought back Jason Peters. If you haven't heard yet already, that was the big news that Brian Baldinger alluded to on Twitter uh, a lot of fans are disappointed in it. Uh, it wasn't really that exciting. I think I, I think people are at the point where they're just tired of Jason Peters, Johnny. I think the false starts and the holdings and the penalties have worn people thin. And then obviously the injuries of coming off the field and not really finishing games has also rubbed people the wrong way. But for me, this is the correct move to do to bring Jason Peters back into the fold. Uh, I wanted to minimize, after Brandon Brooks went out, I wanted to minimize how much loss you have on that offensive line. I think you do that. Uh, I think the best thing about bringing Jason Peters back and announcing him as guard, because, again, I've been very vocal in saying I don't think Jason Peters should play right guard. I still don't. I, I don't think that's the best move for a 38-year-old in his career to say, hey, play a whole different position. I don't think it's that cut and dry as people think it is. The, I, on Twitter, you can go on there, and there's people talking about moving Sam all around. There's people talking about moving Lane around. There's people talking about moving Dillard around. That's not how the NFL works. I don't I don't understand why people think that you any everybody along the offensive line is interchangeable. Dillard proved that to you last year. He can't play right tackle. Completely different position. He was Hawthorne in it. Uh, I just compare the situations and say what what's the harm when in saying bringing Jason Peters back at right guard? Let him compete there. Fine, screw it. Let him compete there. But now you have that left tackle insurance. If this pandemic really hindered Andre Dillard's development, which I believe it did. He's coming off a rookie season where his confidence is completely shot. Because the last time you really saw Andre Dillard in action 
was, I believe, against Seattle. I think after that, it was all she wrote. He was only in the couple. Yeah, after Seattle, you only saw him sparingly in the rest of the games. He played twelve. He played sixteen snaps the rest of the season after Week Twelve versus Seattle. So the Eagles didn't really put him on the field unless he was serving that that third offensive tackle role that they like to have that extra blocker in there. His confidence completely shot from what they did when they moved in right uh, right tackle and how he he buried there against Seattle. Uh, he didn't give up any sacks, but he did he did give up four total pressures. Again, he only played 22 pass blocking snaps. They pulled him after the first half. To me, I think if Andre Dillard, after his pandemic, still looks rough, uh, doesn't get the necessary reps that he's going to need, now you have Jason Pierce that you can just slide over left tackle, and you only have one loss along your offensive line, which is Brandon Brooks, which, again, with his injuries, you're accustomed to losing the right guard now the last couple of years. So, to me, I think it's going to be the best case scenario no matter what. Like I just said, so this is like the best case scenario for the Eagles – because either you max either instead of losing Brooks and Peters along the line and Dillard and Pryor might not work out, you now minimize the loss to at least losing at least just one guy being that being Brandon Brooks. Because if Peters has to go back to the play left tackle, Dillard does uh falter out. Cause I to me, Johnny, I don't think this is the offseason where you can give Andre Dillard the reins. I I don't think people take the pandemic into their evaluations as much as they usually do. Because we're talking about rookies and we're talking about second-year players as we normally do, and I don't think that's right. I, I think that's completely wrong. I think we need to take this pandemic into, situ- into a serious consideration because now training camp's messed up. They're talking about getting rid of preseason. That's very valuable reps for guys like Andre Dillard, JDRC on Whiteside, and the Eagles incoming rookie class, and, my, and Matt Pryor. So, to me, Jason Peters does everything about left tackle. I'm sure he can learn right guard pretty quick because he's an intelligent football player and he's been around the league forever but he walks into that building being the left ta- best left tackle right away and as soon as Andre Dillard shows any signs of no progress being made or any signs of regression or any signs of what he looked like last year against Seattle they're gonna pull the rope immediately like they did again in Seattle they didn't they didn't just leave him out there on the field to die uh when he started to struggle they took him off with Big V in so I don't think the leash is gonna be that long there they have Andre Dillard for four years of contract control if you pick up the fifth-year option and the franchise tag. So why rush it? I don't think Andre Dillard's ready from what he showed last year, and I don't think this offseason is going to put him in any position to be even more ready. Yeah, so, really quickly, before I before I get into sort of some of my thoughts, uh, over under in some ways, Jason Peters, more games at guard next year or left tackle? Where, where, where would you put it? More games of left tackle. So you're of the belief that I see a lot of people on Twitter thinking this. You're of the belief that he will be just as you basically think he signed as a guard, but it's a way of not. It's the best uh, look. Annoying it's the best way to your first, That's the best way to coddle your first round pick. And he, you don't think Jason Peters is on board with that? I'm sure he's fine playing right guard if he needs to be. But I think he knows just as well as you and I know, just as well as anybody who watched the Eagles last year. Andre Dillard is still a questionable player. Like, there's nothing you could bank on with him immediately. Does he have great sets? Yes. Is he quick, agile, athletic? Yes. But he doesn't have the strength. And in an offseason where we had to social distance and stay away from every, stay away from the facilities, uh, practice on our own, how can you trust a second-year player who struggled that much last year, who came out and questioned your coaching staff as a rookie, to properly train himself to take over this starting job during a pandemic? I just worry about that. And now you have the your best the guy that played left tackle for you for years, who has played it at a top seven level, 
even the last couple of years, and people don't want to admit that, but he has. It's just because he comes off the field and the penalties that piss people off, but he has played at a top seven left tackle level the last couple of years. How could you say, well, you know, we'll let Dillard struggle, but we'll just keep Peters at guard, even though he's head and shoulders better than Dillard at left tackle. When you have Carson Wentz as a quarterback, the Eagles aren't going to do that. It's not going to yeah. happen. There's so many, there's so many different things here, isn't there? That it's, it's a really interesting. It doesn't matter about um, the age. I'm just trying to prove. It doesn't matter about the age. It doesn't matter where yes. he was drafted. The Eagles pulled him for Big V right when he showed signs of struggling. Yeah, and also, like, does it give you a slight? Maybe I'm being unfair. Is it a little bit concerning if the Eagles bring back Jason Peters as a guard just because they're? I've seen basically, I've seen people saying this is a bad move because uh, Dillard will lack confidence because he'll know he's in the huddle with JP. I mean, to an extent, like, does that stuff really matter? Like, is it just if you're not good enough, you're not good enough? Like, if Dillard is going to be good enough, is the fact Jason Peters is playing a right guard going to make Andre Dillard tougher? If anything, Dillard's problem is he needs someone to light a spark under him. It's not technique. It's not speed. As you said, it's just toughness. He's just a bit soft. Now, if what more motivation can you want than signing an all-pro and you're keeping him out of the team? So Dillard should be ultra confident. He's basically made the Eagles re-sign JP as a guard. And let's be clear, by the way, the Eagles have signed him and put next to his name, guard Jason Peters. Now, we know Jason Peters is not a guard. So they have done that deliberately. There's only one reason why they've done that. They've done that not to piss off Andre Dillard. There's no other reason why you do that, right? But even if he wasn't even going to play sort of guard, you'd... you'd or not tackle, sorry, you'd still just put he was offensive line or you'd put tackle or something. They have specifically put guard. If you go on the Philadelphia Eagles sort of press relief, I'm assuming it would say we've signed guard like it is on Twitter, Jason Peters. So they have done this not to piss off Dillard. And to an extent, I've seen people say sort of, well, it's harder on Dillard. There's more pressure on him. There's pressure on him from day one, regardless if Peters is there or not, because he's a starting left tackle. So in my opinion, if Dillard sucks, and JP has to replace him, and people will say, oh, it's because Jason Peters was putting pressure on him. Well, no, it's because he's not good enough. If Dillard's good, yeah. it's Dillard's job. I think that's safe to say. Dillard is the future, and we all know that. If Andre Dillard comes out there week one and plays great, he's not getting benched. If he plays bad, he's probably going to get benched. So I'm sort of struggling with what the, the – here's my thing about the move, which I was going to ask you first question before we even get into thinking about Peters. What's the downside? I've seen people say, oh, what, what's the downside with this move? The downside is you wasted $3 million this year. There's no future contract. Yes, the Eagles have got cap room problems, but it's not cap room problems this year. It's cap room problems in future years. So what is, like, what is realistically the worst case scenario? The worst case scenario is what? JP sucks at guard and gets benched. So Matt Pryor replaces it. I've seen this time team sign Zach Brown and then release him midseason after giving yeah. him that kind of money. I've seen them do the same with Miles Austin. Like, the, the, it is Jason Peter. I don't know why what people are looking at, my friend. Last year, yeah. I thought he played exceptionally well. That was one of his best seasons last yes. year. He's really good. He and by the way, I looked it up. He played seventy five percent of the snaps last year, eighty percent of the snaps the year before. So he's still giving you three quarters of the snaps. He's not, yes, he comes in and out of games. That is a problem. But guess what? Players do that a lot. You have to fit in for injury. Also, all right, full start penalties are a bit annoying. He had too many full start penalties. We all know about last year. A full start penalty is five yards. Is it ideal? No. Is it an absolute disaster? No. Okay. Jason Peters is really freaking good. Like, really good. And yes, he's 38. And should 38-year-olds change positions? No. How many tight ends become all pro left tackles? 
not many right jason peters is a freak he is a ridiculously good athlete he's ridiculously smart at picking up things his run um blocking is still exceptionally good is he as good as when he was sort of 34 35 no but he's really really good are the eagles better with jason peters on the team yes do i really care where he plays not really i mean does anyone know if matt Pryor is any good no we don't does anyone know if andre dillard's any good no we don't so you can sign one player who can cover your bases at two positions and if he gets injured you're still starting the guys you were going to start anyway so i'm sort of struggling with here is sort of i don't really see a negative I think positive cases, JP's a really good guard. And positive cases, Dillard sucks and JP steps in. Because we spoke about this before. The Eagles offense sort of relies on their offensive line to an extent. Next year, they're not going to have good receivers. That's not going to happen. They're going to have to pass protect well. And when you have Pryor and Dillard, you do have a bit of an unknown there. There's a bit of a weakness. Where I would say this is a downside, if someone said to me, Peters was playing left guard, I'd say, right. Now I see a downside because now I think you're taking a good player in Sam Arlu and making him uncomfortable to replace him with a player who we don't know is comfortable. But actually, from what it's been said, from what I've read, from what I can't remember who said this, but from what I've seen of journos in the loop, they're saying he's been signed to play right guard, not left guard. And if that's the case, I can't see a downside. I do. I would see a downside, as I said, if you say we're going to move Sam Arlo, because then I think you're messing up with the way people play the game. Jason Peters doesn't need to take any left tackle reps, really. If he has to play there mid-season, he'll be fine. He's done it for like 15 years. Dillard will still get the reps at left tackle. And by the way, Jason Peters won't be playing every day in practice whenever that is anyway, because he probably doesn't need the reps that much. So Matt Pryor will still get backup reps. He'll be fine. Like, worst case scenario is JP sucks or gets injured. And then you're back to square one and you've wasted three million. And I also think, by the way, even if you wasted three million, I would much rather waste three million on a guy who is one of the team leaders when we've just lost Malcolm Jenkins on a guy that the whole offensive line respects probably more than anyone. I mean, they call him for bodyguard for a reason. He is the most respected individual on that offense, probably outside of Wentz. You've lost Jenkins as a leader. What? What I'd much rather sign Jason Peters to be bad than sign insert random guard off the street for two minutes and him be bad because you don't gain anything. J- Jason Peters is still valuable even if he's not starting. What was it? Um, your talk with uh, who did you interview? Oh, you interviewed the Eagles offensive lineman. I'm going mad. Second episode of Eagles Brawl. Julian uh, Vanderbilt. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, Julian. He yeah, said he would sign Jason bad. Peters yeah. for as a coach. He said he'd pay him for him just to coach him on the sideline. This is a guy who knows the game as well as anyone. In fact, I think when you transition from a place like tight end to left tackle, you have to learn a position. You relearn a position in the NFL. You have to sort of start from scratch and relearn the intricacies of the position. There's no better person you would want in the locker room, on the team, than Jason Peters, even if he's bad. As I'm saying, I'm talking worst case scenario here. Worst case scenario is he sucks at right guard, gets injured. It doesn't work. I still don't even think you've wasted three million. And yes, I think the contract goes to six million, but that's obviously going to be with playing time guarantees. So if he doesn't play, it's pretty safe to say it's going to be a three million contract. We're not three million short of cap room this year. Who the hell cares? So I'm struggling here to think of like, what's the negative? What is the downside? And if the downside People is... People think this Andre Dill... Yeah, if he's scared, I, then he's I, not good enough. If he, if the Eagles are yeah. people have an issue with the, saying the Eagles are they they stick to these veterans a little too long. No, you know what the Eagles have an issue with? They stick to these rookies a little too long. They need, 
look, I hope with Joe Douglas being out, how he just goes, if Andre Doe doesn't look good this year, we need to start thinking about left tackle again. If J.J. Arcega-Whiteside doesn't look good this year, we need to start thinking about wide receiver again. They need to stop thinking that these guys are going to continue to get better over time because it hasn't worked. Braden Graham is an exception, not an example. So, to me, I think, because a lot of this stuff I see on Twitter is like, oh, I thought the Eagles were trying to go young again. Why would we release Malcolm Jenkins then? Malcolm Jenkins wanted a new deal, and the Eagles thought that he his better days are behind him. And the film kind of backs up their opinion to that. Kind and also, of. you're not getting Jason Pitt, you're not getting Malcolm Jenkins to a one-year deal. So if you sign Malcolm Jenkins no, again, exactly. you're making so, a commitment to future cap. That's what people talk about. Well, when they say get young, you mean get young in the future. If you sign Jason Peters for a one-year deal, you're not damaging your – you're going to talk about the cap. You haven't been out to record it yet. You've got an, an episode coming up mm-hmm. soon talking specifically about the cap. When we talk about cap problems, we're talking about next year and the future, not this year. They can sign Jason Peters and fit it into their cap. So who the hell cares? Who the hell cares? Like, I'm struggling well, – I'm struggling. To, as you said, the downside is we're getting old. We, that's not how the NFL works. The Eagles are competing. They are a relatively old team – Every NFL team has age. It's yes. it's a it's a cherry pick thing because some of your yeah. good the, some of the Eagles good starters Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham over thirty, like Brandon Kelsey. Brooks over thirty, Lane Johnson just turned thirty, Jason Kelsey's over thirty. Like a lot of their depth is youth. It's not like this team is full of aging guys. A lot of their depth is youth that is going to play a lot. So uh, that argument is just dumb to me. Hey, Getting rid of Malcolm Jenkins had nothing to do with age. They did not want to extend a player they thought was only going to continue to deteriorate. That was it. There was nothing else to that than anyone else is trying to make it. Because if they were trying to do this youth purge, they had multiple opportunities to do so. And Deshaun Jackson just gave them a card to do it. So it's not about the youth purge. It's they thought. Malcolm Jenkins' cap number can get turned into Darius Slay, Nicole Ruby Coleman, Kayvon Wallace, Will Parks, Jalen Mills, and guess what it did? So they value quantity over quality there. They did not – it has nothing to do with age. That People need to stop that. That That's not how the NFL works, like you just said. Some teams luckily draft well, so their younger guys fill in better at those positions. The Eagles don't draft well. So they have veteran guys who are proven talents and are playing at high levels fill in those starting positions, and that's why they are among the one of the oldest teams in the league. But yes, to, I, here's a question I wanted to pose to you because I think I, I think we're all focused on uh, Jason Pierce playing left tackle. It seems like you and I are. But do you think Jason Pierce can play right guard? I I, I think asking a 38 year old player who is still playing one position at a very high level to completely go to another side of the offensive line and play in kick inside which is a whole different technique than left tackle. Mm. Right. You're, okay. So this is something where, you know, and I'm trying to be consistent on this. I speak a lot about this, about I don't believe it's easy to change positions. I've been consistent with this. That's why I give credit to Nate Gary, because I think it's hard what he's done. That's why I haven't always just said, um, people have always talked about putting Mills to safety and Maddox to safety. They've always said, like, be careful. It's hard. Um, I think Dillard struggled at the right side. Being totally honest, I genuinely think Jason Peters will play guard well. I, I, I really do. There, there's, it's hard to explain why. Number one, I think let's not make uh, like this more difficult. It's easier to play right guard for the Eagles than it is to play left tackle. 
that that's pretty much like a guarantee. Playing left tackle is very, very difficult. You are you need to be a lot quicker to play left tackle. You have to be a lot quicker at your step. You have to be getting to your set very quickly. You have to deal with very, very quick edge rushes. When you play inside, most of the time you're dealing with 300-pound defensive tackles. It's a very different kind of role. Whether Jason Peters can do that or not remains to be seen. However, I've rarely seen Jason Peters get ball rushed badly. He doesn't seem like a problem player who struggles with anchor. Also, talk situation. Offensive line is heavily about communication, about relationship. Is there anyone he gets on better with than Lane Johnson? Not the way those two talk on social media. I think he's got an incredibly good relationship with Lane Johnson. I think those two will understand the way each other play. He's next to an unbelievably good centre in Jason Kelsey. Uh, as we said, they've got two of the best um, sort of centre and right tackle, or the best centre and right tackle combination in the league. So that right guard position is pretty enticing. Yes, he has to learn how to mirror um, his body and do things differently, but I don't think it's the same guard because you're not taking an outside step the same way you are playing right tackle. So, and I've also been consistent in saying, for example, I would keep Lane Johnson at right tackle. I wouldn't move him because what's the point of moving him? So personally, I think Lane Johnson, no, sorry, I think there's a good chance Jason Peters will play left tackle this year. However, I think if he's asked to play right guard, and maybe this is me being completely blind to oblivious to the facts of a 38-year-old changing position after 16 years in NFL. There ain't many people like Jason Peters. Like, I'm fully on board with this idea that Jason Peters is a pretty much a freak. Um, and I think even at age 38, based on his play last year, and bo- the human body is a weird thing, if he falls off a cliff, it might not be gradual. Some people like to think of progression and regression as linear. Like, they go up slowly, then they slowly go down. It doesn't happen that way. Some players just go. They they physically drop. There'll be a day when Jason Peters walks out on that field. We'll look at him and go, oh, God, he's gone. He's gone. And you will literally see a physical decline of that. And it'll be sad when it happens because some players retire before it happens. So you don't see that. Look at Peyton Manning's last year. His arm, like, it's gone. His arm just went. He threw too many footballs and his arm just went. Like, but I I think, and I might be totally oblivious here, and I might be totally ignoring facts about how I'm not an offensive line coach, about how hard it is to move from left tackle to right guard. Um, I'm sure it's not easy, but we already know he understands the lingo. I still think, and I've listened to Ross Tucker a lot in recent years, a lot of podcasts. He done a really good podcast actually the other day with Greg Cosell talking about pass protection. And Ross Tucker said more than anything else, players that he's seen around him fail, it's because of mental, not physical. They fail because they can't pick up the playbook. They can't pick up the change of protections. They can't pick up audibles. They can't pick up sort of what happens when you get a sort of double A gap pressure, when you're expecting something else and you have to adjust on the fly. So much of offensive line play, so much is not about the individual. It's about a team doing the right thing together. And I think Jason Peters will be fine in that sense. I think he'll understand what to do quickly because I think he's a dedicated guy to his profession who still says he wants to play for another two to three years. Um, so per, I I do. This is a very, very long way of saying I think if Jason Peters, you know, wants to play right guard, he will be a starting caliber right guard this year. Is he going to be Brandon Brooks? No, because Brandon Brooks is the best in the league at his position. But I think Jason Peters is good enough. I think he's quick enough. I think he's strong enough. I think he'll pick it up. And as I said before, if he doesn't, well, then you play Matt Pryor. And I think we, anyone who says that, again, I've seen people on Twitter, but then you're losing out Matt Pryor's development. Matt Pryor's a 2018 sixth round pick. If you get anything from Matt Pryor, 
sort of great. If he's a backup, great. If he has to replace Jason Peters, sort of like great. I don't really care too much about Matt Pryor. I don't mean that in a horrible way. Like I'm not, I'm not avoiding signing Jason Peters because we have to develop Matt Pryor, a sixth round pick in 2018, who's played very limited snaps. Like I don't really care. And maybe that's an unpopular opinion, but I am totally on board with giving no. Jason Peters first shout. And if he fails, then bench him. And then you leave him on the bench to be a mentor, to help. I and mean, if Andre Dillard fails or Dillard gets injured, which is very possible, you stick Jason Peters back at left tackle. And so what? If Dillard's confidence is hurt, I, again, I don't really care less. I'm sort of of the opinion in football, like I think you are the same as me. I'm sort of of the opinion that players that are good will just be good. And regardless of situations around them, they'll fight through it. There's always um, adversity in sports. You will always face adversity, that whatever, whether that's injury, physical, mental. If Dillard is essentially not good enough to be able to handle them signing someone, then I don't think he's good enough full stop. And by the way, that's exactly same about Carson Wentz. When people said, oh, he might play bad because of Jalen Hurts. I don't think he'll play bad because of Jalen Hurts. He might be pissed off because of Jalen Hurts. But the idea that Wentz is going to go out there week one and start throwing three interceptions uh, because they signed another quarterback or drafted another quarterback, I just I don't buy that. Wentz looked pretty good with Foles backing him up uh, the year after a Super Bowl win. Like, it's not a big concern to me. If you're good enough in this league, you'll be good enough regardless of who's backing you up. So what? how did Jason Peters play last year knowing they drafted the first round pick? Perfectly fine. Why? Because he's good. He didn't go out there and think, oh, I've got a first round pick on the bench. He wants my position. He just went out there and played well because he's good at football. Jason Kelsey didn't play badly when they drafted Isaac Samalu, who multiple people said would could easily be a center at next level. Why? Because Jason Kelsey is very, very good. Like, in my opinion, good football players are good football players. And if Andre Dillard can't handle Jason Peters backing him up, then he's not going to have to be the Eagles franchise left tackle moving forward. So we haven't really lost much anyway. You have to have such a tough mental mindset to play left tackle in the NFL. I mean, these edge rushers are insane, insanely talented edge rushers in the NFL these days. So are defensive tackles these days. And so, yeah, same with defensive tackles. Absolutely. Anything with Dion. Yeah, yeah, defensive line are very... It's... They win in the NFL. At the end of the day, defensive linemen are more athletic than offensive linemen. So if you're, you've are you got to have a bit of grit about you. Like when you listen to former offensive linemen talk about what it takes to succeed, um, the number one thing is, number one, mentally, can you pick it up? So can you handle the protection? Can you handle all of that stuff mentally? And then it's just physical. Like, yes, technique matters. Yes, all that stuff matters. But... At some point, you just got to block the guy in front of you. It doesn't matter how you do it, whether you use your elbow, you use your body, you use your arms. It, at some point, there's about 60 or 70 reps a game, 30 maybe in 40 in pass protection. If you're one-on-one with that guy in front of you, you just got to stop him getting past you. I don't care how you do it. Sometimes you just got to do it. And I, we, it remains to be seen if Dillard has that mentality. We'll find that out pretty quickly. People just want Andre Dillard to start because he's a first-round pick, though. That's it. That's the only reason why people are like, hand him the reins. He was, they drafted him in the first round. We need to see what our first round pick can do. I get that. Like, obviously, you want to see your first round pick right away. But nothing he did last year maybe would make me think, especially with coronavirus, yeah, you know, forget Jason Peters. No. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing in his, in his film last year that suggests – he look, in the situation he came in because he came under injury, I thought he played – I don't want to say bad. Because there were spots was, where he looked no, bad. And, there were spots where he was bad. I, he's not. He had I some mean, good reps against Everson Griffith and uh, Cleo Mack, though. I will say he had some good reps. The problem with offensive linemen as well, though, is it's one of those positions where you can take a 
and I see people sharing clips of Andre Dillard with all these nice blocks. I mean, you're going to win reps. No one loses every single rep. Big V doesn't lose every single rep. Like, there's a lot of players in the NFL that will, you can make a montage of them winning one-on-one. It's consistent. Yeah, right. Exactly. If you're a defensive yeah, end and you get one sack a game, you're unbelievable. If you win one rep and get one sack a game, you're a top 10 edge rusher. Like, it's consistency. It's doing it week in, week out, rep right. after rep after rep after rep. So Dillard had some good reps. He also was on his backside more than you want to see an offensive lineman end up on the floor in an entire season. He gave that's a concern to he me. Gave up, it's a big concern. He gave up four sacks last year and twenty-five hurries. Peter gave up three sacks last year and twenty-one hurries and played almost four hundred snaps more uh pass block almost four hundred more pass blocking snaps than Andre Dillard. There's nothing that Andre Dillard did last year where I'm thinking we need to go to Andre Dillard into the season. I don't care he's picked in the first round. I don't care about that stuff anymore. The Eagles aren't a good drafting team. That's the first thing that people admit. They'll say, I want to see my first round pick play. Hire Roseman needs to be fired because he can't draft in the first round. How can you have it like that? How can you have both? Jason Peters played left tackle at a very high level last year. He continues to play left tackle at a very high level. He has not shown any – only thing – here's why I have – my here's my ultimate problem with him at right guard because I does he have the talent to play right guard? Absolutely, absolutely. Jason Peters is one of the most talented offensive linemen to play the game. So that's that's to answer the question: Does he have the talent to play the right guard? Yes. Now his technique has lost probably three steps since 2016. Uh, he the false starts are because he needs that extra step to handle these edge rushers nowadays. How do you against slimmer? smaller interior off, uh, interior defensive lineman, he's going to need that extra step. So I think the, the false starts, you're act, you're you're basically asking them to double because I think he needs that extra step to deal with the shiftier, like the Geno Atkins, the Andre, uh, uh, Aaron Donalds. I don't have to tell you, you know. There's, there's some defensive tackles out here that are very good uh, inside interior rushers that are slimmer and not of the prototypical edge rusher size that he's going to struggle with and need that extra step forward. His technique has clearly lost a step. Does he still play well? Yes, but his technique has clearly lost a step, and that's why the penalties have picked up for him over the last course of his last couple seasons. So that's why I struggle with seeing him at right guard because you're asking him to change his technique completely, handle smaller, shiftier uh, interior rushers, which, like you just said earlier in the episode, are getting way better nowadays. It's a tough sell for me. I think you're asking him to double yeah. his false start penalties. I would be interested to know when Jason Peters has been injured recently or when he's had his off-season training, whether he's ever played guard for a bit just to give the Eagles coaching staff an insight into making this move. Or, as you've said, and I think some people have hinted, I wonder if sort of they're signing him as a guard strictly to sort of avoid controversy. But realistically, he knows there's a good chance he ends up at left tackle. And I will just say, well, because I know I'm going to get like, tweets about this as well like i liked andre dillard pre-draft and it's not like I, JJ Ortega, yes, I, I say go and look at my tweets i'm not saying it's not like jj i think Whiteside where i sort of think he has no hope i think dillard if someone said hand on heart now is he going to be a good player i'd say yes because technically he's very good he was a first round pick who i think he's very good there is a problem with him and this is not a film thing it's, i've said it so many times where he does not he just wasn't tough enough last year. Like, there was a mentality thing. You could see it with him. If you go and watch the film, you could see a lack of strength and a lack of power and a sort of a lack of 
um, aggressiveness. That's Pac-12. It's that Pac-12 transition, my friend. Yes, and that is my point, is that you don't... There's all these people saying, give him a chance. And then you go into the season, and Matt Pryor's bad, and Andre Diller's bad. Then the Eagles aren't going to be a very good team. Like, let's be honest. We're not as good. We're quite far behind the Kansas City Chiefs here. The Eagles are in a weird situation. When you have a franchise quarterback, you have Fletcher Cox, you have... Uh, Jason Kelsey, you have Darius Slay, oh. you have some aging players. We are in a sort of Super Bowl or bust window. And I'm not saying that in a negative, because the odds are the Eagles aren't going to win the Super Bowl next year, because there's 32 teams and one team wins it. So playing the percentages, they're not going to win it. But realistically, the Eagles are sort of Super Bowl or bust. Even like a wild card exit probably isn't good enough for them, because when you're at that stage of your sort of team building facility where you've got a quarterback in his prime and you've got your best player on defense is old your best second best player on offense Jason Kelsey is old uh, your best cornerback is old you sort of need to be competing so you're, you can't write off an entire year because you didn't want to piss off Andre Dillard or you didn't want to give Matt Pryor a shot to start like that's right that's not how football works you that's not how that's not how that doesn't even that's not how football even works in Pop Warner yeah, you play to win I'll bet you. like simple but here's my thing I don't I'm not giving up on Andre Dillard either I I just think because I liked him a lot coming out of the draft. I've never seen a, a offensive tackle in an air raid system move like Andre Dillard. Because you have to – he just – you only have to be quick to, for an offensive tackle to succeed in air raid offense. The ball's coming out immediately. You have to – your initial block is your only block typically in that offense. That's not what happened in the NFL, obviously, because it's going into a completely different system where you need to hold your blocks a little bit longer. And I think that's what he struggled with the most. After his initial block, he didn't have the strength to uphold – the rest of the block uh, against the edge rusher last year. And you saw, especially Jerry Hughes, Jerry Hughes and Buffalo kind of really took advantage of playing Andre Dillard because after that, because I will say there were some reps where Andre Dillard had his initial block and he kind of like stifled Jerry Hughes to push him back a little bit. And then Jerry Hughes was trying to get them outside inside leverage and couldn't. But then there were some reps where Jerry Hughes would just speed off the edge and Andre Dillard, his initial block, wasn't strong enough to stop to to uh, counterproduct his uh, inside outside leverage moves that Jerry Hughes was putting on him, and I think that's what's going to struggle with the most, especially when you're looking at uh, a division where the Redskins just added Chase Young, where I think that's going to be your long term matchup. You're looking at is Chase Young versus Andre Dillard for years to come. You're going to need some extra strength to deal with these guys. You're going to need some extra strength to to withstand your initial block. I don't think Andre Diller is there yet. I don't think this pandemic put him in a situation to be there. I think transitioning from the Pac-12 and an air raid offense to a system, a West Coast type offense that the Eagles run, is a huge transition that can last more than one year. I don't understand why people just yes. want to give this one year. That's like, like, you like I said a really good point earlier. There. Yeah, if Diller doesn't play this year and goes on to be great for the next seven years, he was still a great first round pick. Like you've completely the, the idea that Diller has to be good his second year to be a successful pick. Ideally, do you want your first round pick to be good straight away? Yeah. But if he's good in his third year onwards, is Brandon, was Brandon Graham a bad pick? No. I know, I know Brandon Graham's the outlier, but he got good. Le- and by the way, Brandon Graham's a weird player. We spoke about so many times because he wasn't actually bad when he was young. He just had some awkward scheme changes and some bad luck, but with injuries and stuff. But basically if a player gets really good in their third year onwards, that's still a really good pick. So the idea that he has to play this year because it's the only way he'll get better. If he plays eight games this year, does okay, gets benched, maybe because Peter is better and learns a lot from JP off the bench and then he's ready to start next year. 
why is that a bad thing? And just one thing, because the good thing about doing an emergency pod, or the bad thing I should say, is I haven't got too much longer. So I just want to give you one thing really quickly. Um, I looked at Jimmy Kemsky's article on uh, Andre Dillon for the, for the Philly Voice, just because it's the best thing anyone's written on Dillon, in my opinion, film-wise. Um, I sort of couldn't be bothered to do a film review on Dillon, to be honest, because this piece was so in-depth. And just really quickly, he talks about his sort of summary on Dillard. He says, uh, it was easy to see in training camp he could move, but then he also mentions his emotional outburst and says, according to a source, that was one of multiple such emotional moments that occurred during practice last season. And then he says about how his biggest flaw by a mile was his inability to anchor against power. And he said, basically, he put a Twitter thread out that was just negative. And he said, normally we try to balance out the bad with some good, but that's hard to do for a player who was on pace to allow 27 sacks in a full season. Like there is a narrative going around now. It did have had like a few bad games and it was just because he was playing right tackle and then he got good. He wasn't good. Like, it's okay. It's okay to admit your first round pick was bad last year. When he played, he was pretty much a disaster. And the reason why we spoke about that emotional outburst before, we spoke about the fact that Kempsky's reference there, many emotional outbursts last year, was I think a lot of it was mental. And if you can predict the mentality of a player changing in an offseason, then fair play, because that's not something I can see. All I can judge on is based on what he put on the film, and the film wasn't good. And I think a lot of that comes down to mentality. So I don't know if he's going to... And I'm worried... I'm worried his mental hasn't changed because, I, like we said in previous episodes, uh, two months ago he came out and he bashed Mike Leach for leaving Washington State to go to Mississippi State. He said he was a snake and he pretty much went on radio and just destroyed him. So I don't see that that uh, mental hurdle and improving. The, and the Eagles have just signed a left tackle and deliberately called him a guard not to annoy him. So what does that tell you about how the Eagles think? Like, that, exactly. Why would the Eagles yes. not... Yes, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Why would they not say O-line Jason Peters if there was – yes, I agree with you. I think they put I, – I, I think the Eagles ideally would love to have Dillard, Samalu, Kelsey, Peters, Lane, and everything go perfectly. But they also aren't stupid. And as they hinted in Kempsey's article, the emotional uh, outburst from Dillard, that's a concern for them. They are concerned about that. They – I – I think they're concerned about J.J. Arcega-Whiteside come multiple times in this podcast yeah. and, By and, the way, just, him and I just looked on Eagles official website, Dave Spadaro headline, Eagles trust Jason Peters to be the right guard for the job. Like there is no doubt. Uh, you read the whole article. He's talking about position group. He's talking about the idea of Peters playing guard is something he's discussed. Jason Peters can play any position. That's how special he is. Blah, blah, blah. They have got every single move online here. They have said, he is playing right guard. Now, they you say, tell they me why they've they done that. Why not just say yeah. he's playing offensive line because the Eagles need depth at left tackle and right guard. They clearly don't want controversy on Dillard. That is clear. Just look online. They obviously... You can't handle it. You so can't handle it. What does that tell people you? Are, what does that people tell are, you? I, I think minimal people are going to agree with you and I on that one, though. <laughs> I don't yeah. think people are gonna. I think they're gonna be like, no, the Eagles really want Jason Peters at right guard. I, they I'm were sure talking they to him anyway. I'm sure, they, I'm sure they want Andre Dillard to play well at left tackle. Yeah. I just think if you're, if I just think they're being as realistic as you and I are. He might not play well at left tackle, and now they brought best their they have on their roster their best left tackle now. Yeah, just also, in case he doesn't. They've been talking to Jason Peters for months. There's been a million journalists that have reported this for ages, and they it didn't just and, happen because Brandon Brooks got hurt. Like let's come on. And they went about it in the most awkward way when they kept talking to Jason Peters. When they <laughs> when they said when they when they decided 
Jason Peters and the Philadelphia Eagles have mutually decided to let him test the free agent market. Yes. Who does that? What kind yeah. of press release is that, my friend? So they have been babying Andre Dillard this whole entire offseason because of what Kemsky's article says. That's what everybody in that building feels. And I will tell you right now, Joe Douglas is gone. I, Andre Dillard and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, I believe if you put Harry Roseman in that draft room without any influence – from Joe Douglas, I don't know those guys are the picks. I don't no. know for a fact. I they might have went Hollywood Brown. The good idea that was a Douglas pick because Douglas favored production a lot, and JJ was a definitely a production. They needed, a, yeah, no matter what, I'm just saying they needed a long term left tackle picture. No matter what, they and it was so, a good pick. I, I, and it was the right pick. I, yeah, it was a good pick. Yeah, because yeah. he was. I thought he should go in the top ten. I thought he should go to the table. Yeah, That's it was the way a good I pick. Good. I don't blame but, him. If he goes wrong, I don't really blame them either. If it's a mentality thing, it's hard I'm to find you. that about. It's hard to find that out about players. Like, it's not an easy thing. I'm with you. I don't know. I don't know what Eagles Twitter's fascination with getting the guy on the field right away, rushing out there. Because if he doesn't look good, then the Eagles don't have a picture at left tackle without Jason Peters. Because the perception on Eagles Twitter is roll down your door left tackle. There was no need to bring Jason Peters back. That's the perception that everybody's leaving. Most are leaving on. Stupid. Just stupid. Yeah, that's a stupid also, mentality. And the idea that you want you to get have- younger. Yes, you do want to get younger to save cap room. Not that's the reason why you I'm want to get younger, younger in 2021 and in 2022. Yes. That's nothing to do with 2020. Doesn't matter. But, Doesn't matter if Jason Peters is 50 years old. If he plays, my last issue deal. It. It's one year deal. Yeah, let's go. Final thing. My my last thing on it. Yeah. If Andre Dillard doesn't play this year, you have three years left on his contract, given the fifth year option, and, and then you have a fourth year if you want to throw in the franchise tag. Why are we rushing this? A four year. That's as not four years you have left on his deal if you throw the franchise tag is as much as you have for Jalen Hurts. Why are we? Why are we? Why do we have to rush this? Why? I don't understand. I don't understand. I can. Does this hurt Andre Dillard mentally? If you uh, delay his development, sure. Did it hurt Brandon Graham's development and mentality when you kept bringing in Jason Babin? Are you when you brought in Jason Babin uh, when he got hurt and you still were trusting uh, these defensive ends to play Trent Cole, uh, Connor Barwin in a whole new system and to still bench Brandon Graham? Did that hurt his? Uh, did that hurt him mentally? I'm sure it freaking did. But guess what? Brandon Graham, years later, made the biggest play in Philadelphia Eagles history. Again, like I said earlier in the episode, that's an outliner. But I will say, to get Andre Dillard out there in year two, demand to get him out here in year two, is doing more harm than it is developing to slowly bring him along. Yeah, last Especially during the pandemic. Last thing I'll say on this. Uh, number one, as you mentioned about Dillard, I really hope he succeeds. I hope he's a starting to tackle. If anything, I <laughs> hope this moves gives Dillard a boost. He is now the guy, whether we think he's the guy or not, doesn't matter. The Eagles have told him, you are the guy. We've just signed the best left tackle in Eagles history, possibly one of the best left tackles in the history of the game, and we're calling him a guard. That's how much this job is yours. So if that's not motivation to go and do well, then I don't know what is. And the final thing I would say say is Jason Peters is not your normal player. So when you talk about someone moving position, you talk about someone changing – don't compare Jason Peters to your average NFL player because he is he tore his Achilles like eight years ago, man. Like Brandon Brooks, I Twice. think might be done. Brandon Twice. Yeah, Brandon Brooks might be done as a as a as an NFL like top guard. And he's like eight years younger than JP. Imagine if Brandon Brooks goes on and plays at an all pro level for the next eight years. Like that's what you're talking about with JP. He is a freak. So don't compare like average players point, to JP. Too. That's all I'll say, and I think, yeah, I think I'm done talking about Dylan and Peters for a little bit. I'm about to say those are <laughs> those are two great closing points that I 
those are arguments that I raised myself that you kind of shut me up on real quick. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, you're right. I can't. Jason Pierce, I shouldn't doubt his transition. I am concerned, and I gave you my examples of why I'm concerned. I think they're fair reasoning, but there's no worst case scenarios for this for the Eagles. The worst case scenario is they don't have a right guard this year. That's it. That's that's now the worst case scenario of the Eagles bringing. Uh, they don't have a right guard. They found an Andre Dodds not ready to play left tackle. That's the worst case scenario for the Eagles. The best case is the all the whole entire offensive line is fortified. Andre Dodds pans out. Looks like the first round pick that they hope that he can be. And Jason Peters plays well at right guard, and it's a Super Bowl winning offensive line. Because like you said, I mean Jason Peters is not going to play full sixteen. He's going to come off the field. So if if he does play the right guard this year, then Matt Pryor is still going to get meaningful snaps. Uh, if he plays left tackle this year, Andre Dillard is still going to get some meaningful snaps no matter what. So I just want to end it with saying I don't understand Twitter, Eagles Twitter, what your satisfaction is with rushing guys onto the field. You have, after this season, four years of contract control on Andre Dillard if you decide to tag him, which we all know the, even after three years, the Eagles could work out an extension just fine. I'm not worried about it. But they have four years, which is the same amount as – Contract is you're giving Jalen Hurts and the rest of your rookie class this upcoming year. You don't need Andre Diller to come out there and be the left tackle from day one in 2020 after a pandemic. You don't need that to happen. It doesn't mean he's a bust. There's plenty of time to work there. There's plenty of time. And it's a very – we need to realize he came from a Pac-12. that Pac-12, very rare you see many edge rushers succeed from the Pac-12 anyways, just right off the bat. Uh, the be- one of the most recent best ones I can think of off the top memory is probably Everson Griffin out of USC, and he was a fourth-round pick. Uh, I'm sure there's other guys. I'm not going to go really into it. But the Pac-12 does not have a ton of edge-rushing talent. And then not only that, he's in an air raid system where it's snap, balls out, snap, balls out, snap, balls out. He didn't have to make anything past his initial block when he was at Washington State. And, yes, he has great movement. He's very athletic, as Jimmy Kepsky put in his article, which I completely agree with. But there is still a lot of tools and pass rush, uh, pass blocking refinement that needs to be worked on still that didn't get worked on thanks to coronavirus. So stop trying to put the pressure on Andre Diller to rush him into the start in 2020. The Eagles have their best left tackle on the roster now who they're hoping to play right guard, but if not, can go back to left tackle just fine and play at a great level as you, Johnny and I have hit it through throughout this episode. I think this is the best move, and I've been advocating on it ever since I we started recording this podcast. The Eagles need to bring Jason Peters back. I've been a huge advocate of that, so I'm fully on board with the move. The Eagles have there's no there's no downside to this whatsoever. Eagles Twitter's just tired of an aging veteran that gets a lot of penalties. That's it at this point. That's all you think they're crying about. Which, if you want to cry about that, that's fine. I want to see Carson Wentz stand upright and make passes and not get hurt. And Jason Peters gives them the best chance of doing that. So that's just me. All right, Johnny, I think we're good. We're all yeah, I'm with you. I, I thought I was done. My microphone was on mute. Sorry, kind of be a nice little pause there at the end. <laughs> yeah, I just want to make sure you're all good there. Any, any more thoughts I agree. Or anything like that? I agree. I agree. All right, so thanks again, guys, for tuning in. We had to do an emergency pod real quick just to uh, touch on this Jason Peters news and get it out there, our opinions out there real quick. Uh, I know a lot of people, you guys won't agree because I've seen a lot of laundry. We got, we've been getting killed for our Andre Miller takes, actually, to be honest with you. Because now – now, that, does this Jason Peters move uh, – last question for you. Does this Jason Peters move affect Andre Dillard on your top 20 list now? I think we've had the last question about uh, 55 times. Uh, yeah. To be honest, he wasn't that high on mine, so I'd maybe bump him down one. 
he wasn't very high. Oh, on he bumps anyway. down lower for me for sure. He yeah. might make 20 for me now because he doesn't have to play left tackle this year. Maybe the best case we'll, scenario we'll, is. I'll think about it today. We'll tweet it out. We'll tweet it out. I'll edit mine right. whether I have just so people can comment and tell me I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, no, I'll do that. I'll edit mine and see where I put him and I'll tweet it out. I'm interested in that. All right, guys, keep up the five star ratings, reviews, questions for the show. We'll answer them on air. Thanks again for tuning in. Appreciate all the support. Uh, Jason Pierce is back, baby. Clorox knows you want your clothes smelling fresh and clean, but so what happens? That's why we created Clorox Fabric Sanitizers to freshen up your clothes between washes, pre-treat extra stinky laundry, and make sure every last odor comes out in the wash. Clorox Fabric Sanitizers take care of all that and eliminate 99% of odor-causing bacteria. Plus, they're bleach-free and safe for all colors and fabrics. When it counts, trust Clorox. At Freedom Mortgage, freedom means helping veterans use their homes for better living. Whether that be through refinancing your mortgage, accessing cash through your home's equity, or helping you purchase a new home, making home financing a custom fit. That's freedom. Visit freedommortgage.com forward slash VA to learn more. Freedom Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 2767, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org, 951 Yamato Road, Boca Raton, Florida, 33431, 800-220-3333, licensed in all 50 states. For complete licensing information, visit www.freedommortgage.com forward slash state dash licensing, equal housing opportunity. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.